Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denver Stiffs show. I feel like we say this too often, Gordon, but we are back. We we were off for the we holidays, are back. you know. We were off for the holidays for sure, and then uh, and then last week just kind of fell through. I take the blame. Like the Nuggets a couple one. games ago, we took the Ooh. we just took a day it. Was off, like, but it, it was we're like it was like a yeah. It was like a trip to Salt Lake City. Right, but we're focused. Nuggets. We've returned. Everything's fine. Yeah, we've returned. Now we've, you know, now we've taken care of uh, two, two very good teams uh, at home and uh, ready to get get back at it. Get back out on the road. You know, it's just just like the Denver Nuggets. What <laughs> an intro! Oh my god. Um, we are uh, we are talking here. It's Sunday night. Uh, a little bit early. It's nice. I'd like these. I was saying this uh, earlier. I was like, you know, I, I'm sure the players hate it, but I like these matinee Sunday matinee games. You know, get get things done early. They're get, way get better the than the Sunday like Bay Area games. Like I don't need any more West Coast games on Sunday. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't need more West Coast. We got we got one coming up against the Lakers here. I know. We got a, we got a back to back eight o'clock eight o'clock. Uh, Just Lakers Kings things. coming up in a couple of weeks um, after this road trip, but yeah, the uh, the Nuggets. So they win. They they win. They won today uh, <laughs> against the Indiana Pacers. Bruce Brown back in uh, back in Ball Arena for the first time. He gets his championship ring. Lots of love. Uh, he knocks down a three, which was the thing to bet on the preview, and I had fifty bucks riding on that thing. So. Nice. Thank you, Bruce. Still, still paying dividends for us Nuggets fans. Uh, and the Nuggets got a, a win that uh, I mean it was pretty like Indiana hung pretty tough with yeah. Nuggets, and then they kind of they kind of got gained. You know, they got a little bit ahead there uh, in the third quarter, built like a little bit lead that they just kind of hung on to uh, through the fourth and get that win. What were your big Jordan? You were on the recap because I was actually at the game with my family, so. Um, you actually had to had to write about it. What were your your biggest takeaways, I guess, from from the contest here today against? I the just like that the Nuggets came out from the jump with energy, man. Like they they screwed some stuff up. There were they way did. too many turnovers in the game. Yeah. Way too many offensive rebounds allowed. Like that that wasn't yeah. great. But what I liked was, despite the fact that the whistle in this game was ridiculous. Uh, for both teams, it wasn't just a like they're yeah, picking no, on the Nuggets a, thing. It was a poorly officiated game all around. I, th- I thought yes. the exact same thing as I was watching it. Yeah, they were they were trying to just drain the life out of the arena with those whistles, but the Nuggets kept their energy up. They kept their focus on offense. Um, it was an incredibly well balanced attack. Uh, I think on the broadcast, Marlowe said that 
Um, it was the 11th or the sixth time since 2011 that three Nuggets had scored 25 points. And then they had Aaron Gordon throw in 20 on top of that. Like, that was a great performance from the starters from the jump. Um, and even though Jokic got in foul trouble, the Nuggets kept their heads up. They played it like it was a playoff game. And they won it like it was a playoff game, which that's two games in a row where they had the right focus. They had they right. brought the right intensity. And even the Nuggets don't have to play perfect. That's the thing that, that drives me crazy when they lose these low-energy games. Because they don't have to be perfect. They just have to try. Like, if they just try, they're better than most of these teams. Um, right. You know, if you come out in the first quarter and give it effort for four quarters, you're probably going to win this game. If you come out for, like, the middle of the third and then, like, four minutes in the fourth and you try to win the game with just that much energy, you're making it way harder on yourself. But I understand that, the you know, the Nuggets, they have this down to a science. You know, they go as Jokic goes. And when Jokic is like, today's a 35% energy game, guys, then that's what they do. Um, and they're, he's usually right. They they were, what, 18-1 and one against losing teams now. Yep. So... You know, it's not like they're wrong to conserve energy. It's just frustrating as a watcher. So it's great to see that against playoff caliber teams like the Pelicans and the Pacers. As well. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, uh... I, was, I was glad to see that they came out with the right focus. Um, and yeah. honestly, uh, the movement in the game was really good. Like, especially from MPJ, who ran, cut, shot. Like, made seven threes, got a couple blocks, uh, had five assists, eight boards, 25 points. Like, he was Mike's, great. Let me look at Mike's uh, game log here because I was, I'm wondering, I'm like, uh, was this his best game um, of the season? The only thing that might stop it would be turnovers because he did have a couple of those, but that's yeah. because. And one of them was uh, – was like, a, Everybody had a couple turnovers, though, tonight. I mean, yeah. Was well, like, Nuggets, Yo, I mean, Jokic had seven and Murray had five, so. Yeah. Um, like, Mike only a, had, had, had one. He was actually one of the, the less uh, – Yeah, but he caused at least one from egregious. Jokic where he stepped back to the three-point line instead of cutting to the hoop. If he cuts to the oh, hoop, yeah. uh, Jokic has a triple-double, but he stepped back, and Jokic was like, what are you doing? I've already thrown the ball. Like, you know where you're supposed to be. Right. And Mike actually apologized to him on the bench well, after they, they got a couple of buckets later. But, but also, to Mike's credit, like, he was bombing threes like nobody's business. So Yeah, like, he was right about the fact that he was, he was shooting threes. But you can't – that's not a motion where you get to, like, fake stepping forward and then step back right. when you're running a give right. and you go with Nikola. Yep. Yeah. Sure. You got yeah, – yeah. once you start that action, you know where you're supposed to be, Michael. But – that aside, everyone tonight had a real. Uh, I love the fact it was that an all-around AG, effort. When AG in the second half had like nine of his rebounds, I think. Like he had like I think one in the first half, and then like nine after that. So he really committed to getting on those boards and stopping them from getting all of those extra second chance opportunities. So I was glad to see that. Like I said, the the Nuggets, both in this game and the Pelicans game, really. Um, they they still made some mistakes. They were still B level games, um, but they cared for the four quarters. They didn't right. come out with lulls in the in the game. The bench didn't play especially well tonight, um, but the starters were terrific. And that was honestly, when you know you need the win, it's going to be on the starters to carry it. And I'm glad they carried it. 
Yeah, and they well, and they only played eight really tonight because DeAndre Jordan gets uh, yeah gets tossed. So uh, they, it was um, yeah they they well, had and to that shows you how deep in the they, bench they um, Najee is against real teams. Oh yeah, man, Zeke Najee like that's that's the other thing. I, the, it's now I mean he's I was looking at Zeke Najee's uh, game log as well, and I think it's been like at least four games now, four or five games where he has just not. I mean, he's not playing unless it's garbage time. And yeah, exactly. So tonight, because uh, DeAndre gets, he got into foul trouble, I think, too. In well, he got, he had half. three fouls in the first half. Right. And one, and, and then he got a tech because he was and like. Jokic this, had foul trouble, too. Jokic so also had three half. in the first half, yeah. and they had to challenge on Jokic's fourth foul. So, yeah. Right, right. They so, won yeah, the challenge, DeAndre gets God. the tech. Yep. So they didn't, get, they didn't get a bunch of minutes out of DeAndre uh, nope. in that first half. Because uh, they had to pull him out of the uh, because of the foul trouble, and then the second half, obviously he gets he gets tossed, uh, and then and then yeah he doesn't blown as a go to Najee. I mean, some of that could be read into you know like uh, you you don't want to mix it up mid game like that. At that point, you just you just end up playing um, Gordon and Porter 37 minutes. You know they did go. Uh, excuse me, they did go a couple of minutes with. Um, with uh, Gordon at the at the center tonight. Yeah, he played uh, the five first few. So. Yep. So yeah, it was a uh, um, all around effort uh, from the starting unit, and then I, with Zeke, man, like I guess uh, I mean DeAndre's giving. I still think DeAndre Jordan's giving you good minutes. Like he's he he's is. Been, in my opinion, he's been fine uh, this yep. this season as your backup center. Uh, I know he we'll and Reggie have both. Exceeded what my expectations for them with very good like effort that I was and not. They work that you know they work that pick and roll together very. Yeah, well. vet savvy man. They're they're definitely right. able to to talk to each other in a language that they understand. Right. So it, you know, I mean they're 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 fine right there, and I don't think you have that pick and roll uh, with Reggie and Zeke. So that's another. Uh, I mean, as we saw that in the in the one game, Nicola didn't play, right? Uh, we saw Reggie and DeAndre basically run that pick and roll. Uh, that to de- yeah, they to death against the Clippers, and yeah, yep. and and won that game. So, uh, I mean, I, I just think I, I don't know if it's necessarily that Zeke's been bad. I, I think I think what we saw from the very beginning of the year, uh, with even even in preseason, with him getting bodied out of the lane against bigger centers like that's that wasn't a fluke like that's that's 100% true and so if you've got a big body in DeAndre Jordan great you can use him in those scenarios but then like even against the smaller guys as we're seeing like one DeAndre gives you an advantage because he's a monster on the on the boards uh, right. against these smaller bench lineups and he's as we said he he finishes that pick and roll uh with with Reggie Jackson and runs it very well together. Those guys, uh, you, you almost not, obviously not nearly to the same level, but you almost can somewhat simulate the, the Murray Jokic two man game uh, right. a little bit there and, and run, you know, continue to run your same, your same type of offenses, you, you know, cause that's, that's what it's always going to come back to with the nuggets and, and particularly uh, your, your backup five. Uh, as long as Jokic is your starting five, your backup five is essentially going to be a guy who's like, what 
elements of the offense that we run with Jokic can this guy execute and is it enough to get us through with probably you know, some ISO ball from Reggie Jackson uh, or maybe some, you know, early three-pointers or transition game uh, with Peyton Watson, early three-pointers, deep three-pointers from Julian Strother. Like, you, you sprinkle in that with whatever you can get out of that five. Uh, and that's, at least this year, that's essentially what what's making this this bench unit work now more, more than anything, at least in my opinion, more than staggering Jamal or Mike with this bench, what make it, what has made it work is still being able to run that pick and roll action uh, with your bench guys, with, with Reggie Jackson, and DeAndre Jordan. And you just do not get that with Zeke Nagy. You, you just don't. Well, he's like, not he's, a pick and roll guy, man. Like, right. That's, that's just not what he does. Yeah, it's not his bread and butter. Like he's a, he's a flexible defender, you know, uh, he does other things, but he, he is not the guy that's like, I will be setting a million screens for you and then rolling to the basket correctly and finishing, you know, oops and doing whatever. Right. That is that is not his game. He was not brought up as a center. Like, he's a power forward playing center. Um, and so he doesn't have that seven-foot game. That's not his thing. So, yeah, I'm with you that, that right now the way it's working is Reggie and DeAndre definitely work well together. In fact, I, I know that they want starters with the unit, but I, I don't think Jamal and Reggie together are doing the defense any favors um, uh, with that bench unit. So I would kind of like them to go a different way. Um, but I understand that this is the stagger that currently is working, and it will be a playoff stagger too. It's just that you're not going to have Reggie and DeAndre in there. So I understand you want it to work. Um, but I I think the Nuggets still haven't quite figured their rotation out. But we're halfway through the year, man. Like, this was game 41. So we're kind of past experimentation about stuff. So I don't, ex- I yeah, don't exactly. expect... Yeah, exactly. We're in the the dog days quote unquote of the season. And like, this is, this is where you've like, all right, this is the group we're going with. And until it's right. not like, we'll, we'll evaluate at the all-star break. If there's any tweaks we want to make for the stretch run. Uh, right. And, and, and that's, you know, and obviously the trade deadline is really when you're going to make that, uh, that decision. Uh, let's, you know, that's just a great, a great way to transition because we were talking about Deandre. Uh, and as we said, you're, this is kind of, I think the group, like I, I agree with you, this is the group they're going to run with the nine more or less that they're going to run with her. Uh, the starters. Strother might get some time when he's not wow. injured, but you know I think that's Yeah, that, and they might go him. back up to ten for sure. Yeah, the knee thing is probably going to hurt him. Strother's a guy I imagine gets uh, maybe gets squeezed out of the rotation in the playoffs, anyways. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Not 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 to say that he's not a guy who could help you in the playoffs, but you're you're not going to play. I mean, three. they squeezed they squeezed uh, Peyton Watson the out. Yeah, they played right. Peyton Watson out in the playoffs last year, and that was why. Right. Because you're just not going to play that many young guys in meaningful minutes in the playoffs. And well, I mean, not even just young guys. Like you've already got, you're already going to be bringing Peyton Watson and Christian Brown off the bench. And Brown, like I said, yep. You're not gonna, you're not gonna play three wings off the bench in a playoff. Right. A playoff rotation is an eight-man rotation. You're gonna play one, maybe two wings, and like so. Even then, you know, it's. I, I expect Brown and Watson to be trading off for for. Yeah, exactly. For like one of those yep. two guys might not get it because you know you're gonna play, play Reggie Jackson, and then tying it back into this trade deadline uh, discussion. Are you comfortable? With a guy like uh, a Peyton Watson being, you know, your Jeff Green, basically, of the playoff run last year, or do you run with a DeAndre Jordan or like 
with the trade deadline coming up, is this the one spot that you're looking at where you're like, hey, can we improve that backup five position and get us somebody there who could maybe help us in a stretch run or in I mean, a playoff you know, run? They don't have anyone to trade, man. Like, this would be the time where you would trade Zeke. Zeke would be gone, but he got an extension, so you can't trade him because it's because of the poison pill. So, uh, there's just not a lot of teams that you can move. You can only move him to like one or two teams. Just one. It's just it's the Pacers, right? Yeah. So let me throw the idea of the thing is the Pacers are good. Uh, well, right. The so, Pacers don't have any real reason. So we're talking to about take on 32 years in a roster spot for a guy who's not playable. So when we're talking about the Pacers, essentially, and you're talking about making a Zeke Nagy trade, and you're talking about updating, trading the backup five, uh, or that guy who can play that, you're talking about Jalen Smith or Obi Toppin, right, is going to yep. be uh, the guys that are on that roster. I don't, I don't, You can do it with Jalen Smith for sure if you throw in, uh, yeah, you got to throw in, like, another contract or whatever to make it all work out. But you can definitely get... Uh, make that one work. I know if I was looking at it in the trade machine, I don't know what Obi Toppin's contract is right now. I could check it for some top-notch podcasting. <laughs> but this, that's essentially right. Like, so if you're going to trade, uh, he's about making six million. So okay, so it's yeah, what, they're making about the same amount of money. Him and yeah, three. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, no, so you gotta. You got to send somebody else out with well, you that would six, anyway. eight to the four three. So you got to have to send out a guy who's like making two and a half. Uh, so you're sending one of your rookies. Uh, yeah, if there would be a rookie, you'd have to go like Strother. Strother. Yeah, that's probably the deal. That that's probably the sweetener that you would need uh, to get it done for a guy like that. But I, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I probably would not do that for Obi Toppin. I might, you know, Jalen Smith. I don't know. Um, I like Jalen Smith more than I like Obi Toppin. I guess. Uh, but either one, like, ugh. I, I, I just can't be convinced. And so that's the, there, there, therein lies the problem, right? So essentially, uh, then your next tr- most tradable guy, if you're trying to make a deal, because you're going to, it's, it's your deal at the deadline. If you're the Denver Nuggets is basically Julian Strother. And I'm guessing you know, maybe I mean Justin Holiday is probably the next the next biggest contract after Zeke that you can that you could actually be willing to trade because you're not going to trade Reggie Jackson, right? Nope. Uh, he's clearly uh, a part of your bench and a part of your plan. Uh, you're not going to trade Christian Brown or or Peyton Watson. So well, it depends what you get. Yeah, I mean Christian Brown, I could honestly just because he's been struggling. Well, the um, thing the thing I with think, Brown and Watson is that they're aimed. They're not necessarily aimed in the same position. You would think that Brown is aimed at KCP's position, right? And that um, you Watson's have Watson play forward is gonna is, is a forward for sure. Right. And so you would assume not necessarily he's gonna take uh, AG's role, but that when AG's contract is up, you want Watson to be able to take on the dunker spot, yep. make threes, defend guys kind of right. role. Right. And you um, hope Mike's. So, come along far enough on defensively that you feel okay with him, you know, being your well, power a, on defense. Uh, the the nuggets down the line will have choices. He might replace Mike. Like yeah, that's true. I mean, it's one of those two guys, right? That, but obviously if yeah. he's going to become a starter, he would have to replace one of those two guys. I think he'd have to replace Aaron either MPJ or, or AG. So right. in that sense, KCP is not that old. Um, if you wanted to keep KCP around, 
uh, then Brown is available, and he's shown that he's a good player. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but if, the thing is too, if you have Julian, if you put Julian Strother into this conversation now, like I, I feel like you can almost, you know. Uh, Get still still have the plan. Christian's kind of like the guy. Like, do you do you want Christian Brown starting over Julian Strother, or do you want to just kind of skip the Christian Brown taking KCP spot and go right to the Julian Strother taking KCP spot? Well, that's what you're hoping for. But that I mean, the the fact that the Nuggets seem to have hit on three guys who are professional NBA caliber talents right. as late as they did is pretty damn impressive. It's just that uh, like you have two more years after this before Brown gets very expensive. Yeah. So what your decision that you make with KCP makes your decision for Brown for you. If you are not going to, you know, extend KCP, uh, then, yes, we're talking about, uh, you know, what what Brown's role is. Um, But if you're going to keep KCP, then you have Watson, you have Strother. um, You know, you can always feel the guy like Holiday to fill in for something like that. Yeah, you so, can always throw that guy into the bench. Or, you know, if, I mean, if you're Calvin Booth, like, why not? Or you just draft another guy in the next draft. Draft another guy. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like it's he has any problem doing that. And the Nuggets do have their first rounder this year, although this is not the year you want it. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's – I'm not going to doubt – again, I'm not going to doubt but, well, <laughs> Calvin uh, Booth. draft to be people, pretty damn good at, at late first-round draft picks. For draft people, this is a this is technically a draft in which you don't want a top-five pick. Because the guys who are going to be good are probably going to be non-lottery guys. Because yeah. identifying the right guy is going to require a good organization, and a lot of the guys drafting high don't have it. Yeah, so man, the Nuggets—that's true. The Nuggets with I, a good scouting department can absolutely pull a lottery-level player from another draft here in this draft. It's a flat draft. It's not terrible. You're just looking at yeah, a bunch I, of role players, and the Nuggets need role players. That's There's nothing need, wrong right? with drafting a role player in a role player draft. You love that. You just don't want to be looking for a, a number one option in this draft. That's all. There's no there's no Victor Wembanyama in this one. That's right. for sure. You gotta wait to what next? Is the next season when that uh, when Cooper flags coming out or? Yeah, yeah. So the and there's a couple other guys too in that draft. So next year's draft is at the top should be pretty interesting, but this year's is is not. But that doesn't really affect Booth. So yes, the Nuggets have another pick. Um, I'm not advocating trading Brown, but if you wanted to move somebody for a real player that would be the guy you'd have to move but you don't have the salary to match for a real player yeah and that's the problem because christian brown is making nothing so well and that's why what i expect to do is not move anybody at this deadline that this is the deadline that he rolled the dice on and the reason he extended he i mean calvin extended zeke is to um, give him extra salary to pair with somebody like Brown if he needs to go get a real guy. Right. Yeah, so right. if he needs uh, a real a guy Brown in the offseason, that's the guy uh, he moves. Right, but so it's just because of because the extension this year and with the poison pill provision. Correct. Again, limiting him strictly to Indiana, basically being the only team you can. Uh, right. Utah's right there, so like at the cap line. So, you know, if they made a move or two, they could – they could figure space. it out. They could potentially, you know, right. make it all work. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Christian Brown's making 2.9 this year. So he's, like I said, it's nothing. So, so you can't. You can't the only thing you can salary. trade him for is other, you know, if you're going to trade him up salary for salary, player for player, the only thing you could trade him for would be other Another guys player. on 
rookie contracts just yep. like him which who, who's who, who are you trading for like that's that uh type of guy that who wants to trade play. with you yeah. yeah who's getting up their power forward which is what you desperately need right you know in order to um allow you to win another title and wants your defensive shooting guard with shooting upside who's really struggling to finish at the rim this year well and that's just a this is one of those sophomore slumps where now that he's on the uh, the scouting report, guys know to get in front of him. And before, oh, when yeah, he used to just dunk, now he's like, that... oh. <laughs> it happened in the, in the game uh, today. I think he got yep. hit with an offensive foul. And it was just like, uh, I forget who was defending him, but that 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 Pacers player did not, like, he didn't, he made no attempt to do anything. They were like, oh, okay, I'm just going to stand right here and take yep. this charge because he's definitely going to run. Yep. Right. And, so, like... and, and, and it makes Christian hesitant. And I get it. Because his game has always been, well, I'll be open when I go to the rim for this. And now it's right. not. And he's got to figure out next steps. He's got to get a floater. He's got yeah. to be able to, to get a Euro. He doesn't have either of those things. I mean, so, he tries to Euro. It just. No, no. Yeah, he doesn't just, have He it. just Euros in a straight line. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, right he's, he's zigzagging into the guy. He's not Euroing around anybody. Yeah, so I'm like not, he... I, I don't think that's a concern long term for him. That's a that is a he was not prepared for that and there wasn't a lot of time this offseason. So he yeah. did not know to work on that and this year he'll Yeah, do. I mean if any if there's any player who is allowed to have a sophomore slump. Yeah. It's Christian Brown. Like it's the guy well, who and played he still improved his shooting. Like finals. you can tell you can tell he worked on his three. Like right. you well, can tell he was like, well, that was like a he's, problem. He's been a better he's a 100% been a better playmaker. He's his assists are up. You know, he's yes, he's secondary creator. More. He's been great, right? But his his shooting is down. I mean, it's just shooting and finishing. His finishing, his finishing, yeah, his is finishing in the is really down. Yeah, like but everyone's is. Like I feel which, bad. Which drags like, his shooting down. Yes, like there are just guys who are, the Nuggets as a whole struggle to finish at the rim. KCP struggles with it. Yeah. Watson struggles with it. Brown struggles with it. If they aren't even dunking, DeAndre, even DeAndre in the other game was trying to, you know, do some little <laughs> like floater layups at one foot. I'm like, dude, and they were yeah. getting blocked. I was like, DeAndre, please just just dunk the ball, dude. Like, come on, just dunk the ball, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> they're all. That's you all you are it's known like, as a dunker. Do it. Did we did we hire Nene as an assistant coach or something? I miss that. And now everybody's like, look, I'm gonna do this. I know I'm huge, but I'm gonna do this little flip layup right here at the at the rim instead. Exactly. But I mean, if I'm looking at, you know, Christian's per 36, right. And, and he's taking more shots. Um, he's his efficiency in two pointers is way down. Um, his free throw percentage is up, but I mean, he doesn't take enough free, th free throws for that to matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> his threes are a little better. Um, and he's shooting them willingly, but yeah, like it, it, he's not finishing at the rim the way he did, but that's because, Somebody put his name in the scouting report, and now everybody steps in front of him. And so yeah. it's his job to adjust back to the league, and I'm sure that he will. Christian Brown is going to be in this league a very long time. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be a Nugget, because he's about the only redundant piece that the Nuggets have. And if they believe Watson's upside is higher, and I believe Watson's upside is higher, then you, if you're going to keep one of them, then you keep Watson. Yeah, oh, I would agree 100%. Uh, I mean, Watson is uh, his upside is way higher and he is um, honestly, you start to wonder, like he might be already further along, like he might already be the better. I mean, I, I don't want I think he is already 
the better player. Like he's just, um, he's a longer, more athletic version of Christian Brown. And Christian has a high floor, but he doesn't have the same ceiling that Watson has. Right. Well, and, so that's, and I feel like a, Watson's already at that floor that, that Christian has. Like, I feel like he's already. I don't this know, year, just, they I've, are certainly they are certainly keeping neck and neck on the floor. And so you can see that Watson has higher moments of brilliance than Brown, who's just a professional player. He is a right. professional NBA player. He's going to be somebody's Shane Battier. You know what I mean? Where you're like, you don't right. do a lot, but the thing that you do, you do great. I can always count you to do the thing that you do. Yeah, a hundred percent. And 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 you need those guys. But I, to me, it's the question to me is no longer. It's not even Peyton Watson or Christian Brown because, like, to me, that's it's easy. That's Peyton Watson. It's really at this point, it's Julian Strother or Christian yep. Brown. Which which one of those two guys? Um, because they play the exact same position. So and Strother's like, been impressive as hell. And Strother is probably the better shooter for like not. I feel pretty. I feel pretty good about saying Julian Strother is the better shooter. <laughs> yeah, like, Julian Strother is the better shooter. Yes. Like that. That I think is is a, a pretty widely accepted. And so now you're talking about like, well, who's the better defender? Because like Julian Strother is. He certainly has, has, has all defense, the tools. Man. He has all the tools. He has he has height. Uh, you know, like the, one of the things that Brown is great at is he is six six and athletic. Well, Strother yeah. is six seven and athletic. So what do you want? Yeah. Like, you know, um, you have you have Brown and Strother. Brown is reluctant to shoot because that's not really his role. Strother's like, man, I gunned in college when I had to. You Strother's need me like to shoot ten away. times? No worries, I will shoot the shit out of this ball. So, you know, like right now. Strother doesn't have – he has too much variance in his game. He has some abysmal games, but well, and he, some so here's the other too. Huge difference between uh, Christian Brown and Julian Strother. Christian Brown, six-foot, six-and-a-half wingspan. Julian Strother, six-foot, nine-and-a-quarter yep. wingspan. Like, there's, there's – he's a definitely a longer um, – longer player and but you're you're absolutely right in that he's got julian's got more ups and downs whereas christian is uh is is pretty steady um but again the same same conversation know your role guy right like christian's know your role he was he was a role player in college and he knows how to fit a role in the pros right and right now you have strother trying to figure out how to move into being the most productive role player that he can be while learning NBA defense on the fly. So, right. And, and you see, so you see those hills and valleys for sure. Yeah. As for you sure. would, it's, he's a rookie. You should see those. Yeah. But that doesn't reduce his upside at all. And so right. I agree with you that, that you then, like I said, I think the Nuggets are have to make a call on one of those guys. It's great to have all three, but you can't pay all three. So right. you might as well figure out which one you're going to keep because that gives you a huge trade chip to go ahead and get something that you don't have, which right, right. now is a backup four five. And right. maybe that's Vlatko, but we say that every freaking year about Vlatko, who I adore yeah, when he's playable for like 20 games. This was this was the year that he was for sure supposed to yep. be the guy. And then he was supposed to step into that role. Absolutely. And blowing his knee out really sucks. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and the, yeah, and the Nuggets have always, and it's clear the Nuggets didn't have um, a backup. Well, the Nuggets definitely, obviously wanted 
probably well, they the extended Najee after that injury, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They uh, it was after the injury for sure. Uh, Vlaco, they was the guy that they kind of wanted. You know, it was like, okay, let's. I'm sure they wanted. We're gonna have Vlaco and Zeke compete yep. for that Jeff Green role, yep. right? And one of those would we we feel good that at least one of those two guys could step up and get it. Vlaco goes down. Zeke hasn't hasn't been able to uh, produce in that in that spot, and now you've you're playing DeAndre Jordan like that's uh, right, way more than it, we thought we would be playing DeAndre. Right. Sure. And, and and that is so that you're absolutely right. That is their hole on their roster, which is a great thing, because that guy, when you have Nikola Jokic, when you have Michael Porter Jr., when you have Aaron Gordon, that is the ninth guy in your nine man rotation. So, <laughs> right. like, yeah. it's, it's survival. It's, whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a guy who last season they just were like in the playoffs like now. Nah, all right, fine. We just we just won't play that that guy. It doesn't matter when when it didn't work out with Thomas Bryant, right? They were like, all right, we're, we're just we'll just eliminate the role entirely in the playoffs, and they went on to win a championship. Like exactly, yeah, absolutely, just probably play DeAndre Jordan and Zeke Naji for uh, the rest of the season, be just fine, and then eliminate that role in the playoffs, and and away we go. Like that, uh, it, it's I. I'm with you at the bringing it back to the trade line discussion. There's just there's not really any tradable salary out there. Again, you know, Justin Holiday and this is what you're talking about giving up is a Justin Holiday plus uh, a Julian Strother plus a Christian Brown, somebody like that. And now you're up to like five million ish. And so you can maybe kind of get like. You know, again, you're there's there's not a lot of options there. There might be like one or two guys, just like just like Jalen Smith trading Zeke Naji and maybe a Julian Strother or something like that for for Jalen Smith. Like, do I want what, to do that? If, do you want to move? Pay, you did something, yeah. Right. Do you want to pay that price for the ninth guy in your rotation, a, a position that you're you're probably not even worried about playing, come come playoff time, like. The Nuggets essentially replaced Jeff Green with Peyton Watson. Like that's the guy who, yep. who has stepped into that role, uh, and they replaced Bruce Brown with Reggie Jackson. They still got Christian Brown. That's probably the eight that are going to yep. make up your your playoff rotation uh, this year. So I don't I don't see them making a move at the trade deadline because I don't see I don't see unless you're unless you're improving one of those three guys, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, or Reggie Jackson. Uh, I don't see the need to do anything, and it's so like you really would have to try and talk yourself into can I find maybe a better backup point guard than Reggie Jackson? But Reggie's been fine; he's been yeah. just fine. So yeah, no, if that was a need, like that would be the guy you would go get, right? If Reggie right. was not able to do it, which then is probably you why you had swap. that uh, that silly. Uh, the Nuggets, the favorites, uh, the Vegas favorites uh, to land Jordan Clarkson at right. the deadline, right? Like, yep. it, it, that doesn't take into account like the money. It, like, it's pretty much impossible. It, yeah, they to can't get Jordan Clarkson without trading like KCP or Aaron Gordon <laughs> or something like that. You know, like, but like that would be if if Jordan Clarkson was making six million dollars a season, right? Yeah, that would be okay. The guy, maybe you trade uh, Reggie Jackson and a Julian Strother, right? Or to get uh, to get Jordan Clarkson back, and now you're running Jordan Clarkson, Christian Brown, and Peyton Watson. You feel you feel better like that, like that. That would make sense. 
but the money doesn't th- then you get you get back into the issue of he doesn't make six million he makes i can't remember much i think he's got i think he got like a big extension or something so he's i think he's like weird front-loading sessions i think he's making like 23 million this year or something like that he's making some huge amount of money that i was like wow yeah and then it falls off after this season so like he's right a impossible to trade for on that but like even guys who are making 10 million dollars this year there's there's no combination of players that you can put together to match that salary that doesn't involve trading one of the eight guys that we expect to be that are in the playoffs for you. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, that's why I don't expect the trade deadline to be anything for the nuggets other than maybe a pickup. Like somebody else cuts somebody and Denver picks them up. Yeah. But again, we're, we're at 15 too. So who are you cutting? Well, that's the question. Like the question is, yeah, I mean, and would, I guess the guy would, would you, you would you would cut Vlaco, right? Like that, uh, yes, it's cold hearted, but that would be that would be the guy you would cut. It's him or or Justin Holiday would be the other one. I, w- I would uh, guess it would be Justin, just because uh, Vlaco occupies a very special place in this roster. Right, uh, the is, same space yep, that Fanasis <laughs> occupies for the Bucks. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like, so maybe that's it, and you you just roll with. Uh, yeah, you would trade okay. Justin Holiday. I mean that that would be uh, the guy you could you could or you could cut Justin Holiday and, and take right. But I, I don't expect so, any of that. I don't expect yeah. any of that. Well, I, the, that's the reason. That is the one reason the Nuggets took the disabled player exception uh, for Vlaco. Because when it comes out of it, it's going to be like yep. nine point nine million, which is base or not nine point nine million. That'd be huge. Nine hundred ninety like, thousand. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Added, added zero there, and so that sounds like nothing. But right about the waiver deadline, right, um, for when a guy has to sign so that yep. he can be eligible for your playoff eligible roster. For the, for the playoffs. Yep. The veteran minimum will be prorated right to like. Like nine hundred and eighty thousand or something uh-huh. like that. It's going to be super. So they just that. That's why they did it. They opened up. They gave themselves the option to cut Justin Holiday uh, and sign um, sign somebody because they couldn't. They couldn't just cut Blacko because then they would yep. lose the exception. So uh, correct. So they could sign someone. So yeah, I guess that is that is. I mean, when you think about it, that's definitely what they would have to do if they want if they want to pick up a waiver pickup guy. It's going to be cutting Justin Holiday. It's Right. And so that's the only move I would really expect. Like I said, the rest of this about Brown and uh, and Zeke and a potential upgrade, because them together in the offseason gives you like 11 something million dollars that you can move. Yeah, right. Then so, now you've got right. And now you could get uh, a guy to replace uh, a Reggie Jackson. Right. Is, is right. Th- at be. that point, you could get a, a guy who would actually make your roster. So, again, I I'm not. I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying if that was going to happen, that is an off-season thing. That is not a um, – that's not a trade deadline thing. Yeah. Yeah, or you can – like I said, I mean, if you do want to try and up, upgrade a, a Reggie Jackson at that point with Zeke, now you got – now you're talking $13 million. Like, you can uh, you can get some moves. Maybe you trade. Maybe you do just trade your first-round pick uh, along with those two guys, and suddenly, you know, at $13 million, suddenly you can get uh, a pretty decent player uh, out there and – in Absolutely. The, uh, in the wide world of the league. All right, we're going to go ahead and let's shift it then from our, our trade deadline talk. So we had some uh, some Carmelo Anthony news this uh, this week. I uh, knew you were going to get out here. Shout, shout out to Melo because like he's you know he's getting his podcast 
uh, yep. up and going. And he's, you know, he's, he's definitely getting some engagement on, on this take. So Mello, I, I'm not going to pull the exact quote or whatever it is, but essentially what he was saying uh, was that the Nuggets were trying to erase his legacy by giving uh, the number 15 to, uh, to Nikola Jokic. So I want to start this conversation. I did some research on this, uh, Gordon, because uh, the Nuggets have what? I think they have like six retired numbers in there. You did the research. You tell me. <laughs> I know. And then I and then I got off that tab and was looking up something else. Uh, let me get back to my, my tab here. Wait, so. But yeah, Mello, uh, yeah, Mello was definitely upset about the fact that um, he felt like the Nuggets were not only ignoring his legacy, but they had set Jokic up somehow to take it over and, like, bury right. it, which is so, a very strange take on a guy who's a second-round pick who was basically uh, a Taco Bell commercial uh, like, at the on, time of his selection. Let's talk through this for a second. Um because obviously Jokic is not the first, was not the first player. Everybody pointed nope. this out. Not the first player that they gave the number 15 uh, to after Melo left. They gave the first number 15 to Anthony Randolph. Um, right. That is kind of a dick move. Not going to lie. It's, it's not though. See, the thing is, if you gave it to Jamal Murray, then yes, you're messing now, with Melo. See, I, I, I see your point. I 100% see your point. See, now you're, if you're agreeing with, uh, with the sentiment that, like, I want to give it to somebody who's going to take, be, have a bigger legacy than Melo had, uh, then then I would say, yeah, I don't think that that was ever uh, their intention. But I do think their intention may have been to say, Melo, we're going to act like it didn't even fucking matter. We'll give it to Anthony fucking Randolph and his number 15. We'll give it to a second year guy or not give it to because as everybody else all established, Jokic wore the number 15 before he came. So did Anthony Randolph. So the thing being like, yeah, okay, fine. We don't care. Anthony Randolph, you want 15? That's fine. Nikola Jokic, a second round pick out of Serbia. You want 15? That's fine. Go ahead and take it. That is, I would say, I would argue uh, somewhat disrespectful See, uh, but to here's Mello where I come and his this. legacy. I don't. I do not think it is because if you were ever going to retire it, then you keep giving it to guys who were the 15th dude on the roster, so you don't have to worry about it because the next year that guy's not going to be here, and you can retire the jersey any time time you want. Well, why can't you like just tell the Anthony thing is, it's, you're not. There's no other legacy to be built with 15 if you only give it to guys who aren't good. Why do they have to give it to anybody? You don't have that's, to. That's my. But that's my point. Once again, like, why, why wouldn't they? Like I, uh, I guess, because, like, I guess uh, my my consideration is, uh, plenty of other teams don't exactly, you know, put up their numbers. Did other guys get Dikembe's jersey number after he left the Nuggets? I am yeah. so glad you asked or you said this because this is exactly where uh, my research le- le- led me to. Uh, I was I, I was setting you up, man. Hit me. I was looking up every single number that they retired, and I was yep. like, "Did they give these numbers to other people?" And and I went I went down the whole freaking rabbit hole. So there's like there's essentially two tiers of Nuggets retired numbers. There's tier one, which is guys that basically ended their career uh, with the Nuggets, were all time Nugget greats, and uh, the the Nuggets basically retired their jersey almost instantaneously after they are almost basically the season or after that they retired. Those guys are Byron Beck, Alex English, and Dan Issel, right? Each, each one of those guys, Alex English played one more season uh, in Dallas, uh, you know, but it was essentially 
Uh, he hit, finished his career in Denver. Issel finished his career in Denver. Byron Beck played his entire career uh, in Denver. All those guys, Beck, they retired at the exact the offseason right after. Uh, Alex English retired in 91. They uh, retired his number in 92. And then Dan Issel, they retired his number in 1985, which is, I think, a season or two after uh, sure. he retired as well. So that's tier one, right? Those are the guys that like they, they did. They absolutely did not give that number to anybody. Right. Else. But you couldn't because thing. they, they their, right their careers away. basically ended. Yeah, it was done and they could just do it. Yep. Uh, the other, the next tier of guys is going to be uh, the other three, David Thompson, Dikembe Mutombo and fat lever. Okay. Yep. So Dikembe Mutombo, Aaron Williams, who the fuck is Aaron Williams? I know that's what you're saying right now. Um, they gave him the number 55 the year after Dikembe left. Uh-huh. Uh, no other player has worn 55 uh, for the Denver Nuggets. David Thompson, number 33. Now, if you remember, David Thompson left. Uh, obviously, he was having some um, issues with drug abuse and substance abuse, stuff like that. So it was a very um, difficult uh, divorce if you will, they right. basically immediately after David Thompson left, uh, gave it to a guy named Kenny Denard. Uh, who the hell is that then actually, but they continued to give it away. Calvin, Nat, pretty darn good nugget, uh, yeah. had it for, for four years. And then Greg Anderson, uh, of the broadcast fame or for a couple of years after that. And then the last one, fat lever, tons of people wore number 12, um, after, after fat left, because now remember like fat, they didn't, um, Fat, Fat didn't leave here messily. The, he got traded. The Nuggets traded him uh, to Dallas, and uh, he played. He played in Dallas for a few more seasons uh, right. before before finally calling it up. But, but yeah, my, my thing with I mean, some famous Nuggets like, is like the Pack, uh, yeah. Pack, Chris Anderson, so on and so forth. Word number twelve. So it's um, Mello. I would argue definitely falls in the tier of. He's not the Alex English, Byron Beck, Dan Issels. He nope. falls in the tier of Fat Lever, David Thompson, Dikembe Mutombo. So as much as I want to, because as I am a staunch supporter that they should retire his number, like as much as I want to side with Mel on this one, like I, it's like, yeah, no, nah, I can't. Like, it, was it petty? Probably. Sure. I, I've, I've, you know, I've heard some things that to make me feel as such. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not any different than that they did with any of these other, these other greats who ended up playing with other teams, didn't finish their careers right. with the Denver Nuggets. So, and Melo, Melo didn't retire for 12 years after he was treated. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, very similar kind of to, to which, which is kind of funny is like, it's very similar to Matumbo, right? Yeah. Uh, but only one dude wore 55. So that is an argument in Melo's favor. Only one. Yeah. Dude but 55, 55 isn't right a now. number that other teams are kind of necessarily number, likely yeah. to play. Yeah. That's not usually a childhood favorite. You know what right. I mean? We're not, we're not going with 55 when you're a 14 year old kid. It's not a number that you get. Uh, in your your childhood rec league either, right? They give you, Correct. just like Mello wore 15 because that was the biggest jersey. They have jerseys 1 through 15, right? That's right. Uh, I, I, like you I generally said, if you're, get if you're in one that, that range, you. you know, then yes, I get, you know, that being a jersey that you would be, you know, moving right. around onto other people. So it's why Fat Lever, number 12, there's so many guys who yes. wore it uh, after he did. Because it's so many guys, kid, childhood number, like, college number, high school number. DJ Augustine wore number 12. Yes. Like, and, and it's not a knock. It's just like, that's fine. 
when we get around to retiring this, it'll be over. It's just that Denver happened to put a Hall of Famer in that number after the Hall of Famer they already had. Right. It, it, when it wasn't on purpose, the guy was a second-round draft pick. No. You know, no, yeah, exactly. like, they, they were not planning. It's not like they drafted, you know, um, Tim Duncan, number one, and then they were like, do you like the number 15? No. Well, take it anyway. We want you to wear this. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not what it was. So I understand that Mello wants to be celebrated in Denver. I do. I understand that he wants the jersey retired, and I think it will be retired. I just think it's really yeah, weird a that a guy time. who couldn't be bothered to show up for Denver's, like, playoff and championship run, nah. like, wants to be like, well, I want Denver to love me, but I don't want to have to do anything else because I did plenty on the court already. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. blame him for that. I don't blame him for that uh, whatsoever. Because here's the thing. If Carmelo Anthony um, showed up tomorrow, he'd get booed. And, uh, he'd get booed. Right. Exactly. It, and, and OK, let's let's also rewind it a little bit, too, because before he he definitely get booed now after uh, this <laughs> podcast. Like, but if if Mello had shown up during the playoff run, during the finals run courtside at the Nuggets game, he would have got booed like that. That's well, but uh, Mello could have done everybody. Things but but every, like every, see, the stuff. fans keep wanting Mello to meet them halfway. They uh, but the fans are definitely not meeting Mello halfway either. Like they're, they're well, they're, they're not like, going to start. Show up, he's going to fucking boo. Well, yeah. Well, this is one of those things. Like we just watched Jerry Krause um, and his widow get right. booed. Terrible man in Chicago, terrible. which was awful. I mean, the man brought them six titles, and they're right. like, "We hate you. We've always hated you. You owed us more time with Mike, and it was your fault right. that we didn't get it." And I understand that there's a grudge there, but like it's been a quarter century. You could let it go, maybe especially for this event, but that's partly on Chicago for just for knowing that about the fan base and doing it anyway. That would be like retiring the number here. Um, retiring Mello's number right now. And, like, yeah, like next month. Yeah. Like that would be a terrible idea. But if Mello wants to be loved in Denver, he should probably start saying nice things about Denver. Yeah, like, he's got to shut I, up with like this whole this whole crusade about like. It's not even shut up. Um, the man has to say something nice. He's like, "Well, I didn't say anything bad about you. You didn't say nothing nice about us either." Yeah. Like it, that's that's the thing that Melo doesn't seem to understand, and that I don't think he'll ever understand. He's offended about the fact that the Nuggets fans booed him when he came back, and he's like, "You're booing me every time I come back," and they're like, "Yeah, you still left." We're like we got left by the biggest superstar we drafted, you know, and you went to New York and you're telling us that we don't understand your reasons, but you never explained them to us. You're telling us that we don't understand why you did it. And there's probably, I I don't know. I I think there's some truth. Why Mello left? I think there's some truth to all of it. I think uh, of course. he definitely wanted to make a bigger brand. Uh, I think his he wanted a bigger brand. He hated, was tired of George Carl living in Denver. I think he was sick of George Carl. I yep. think a rookie GM told him, "Hey, I'm about to scrap this core that went to the Western Conference Finals yep. a year ago, and yep, yep. we're gonna we'll have to rebuild around you." And he was like, "While he no, while he's wait. watching LeBron, while he's watching LeBron team up with." Uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, like, yep, I, I, I get it. I think I get it from, I get, I get that. I get both sides of it. Uh, I get why fans are pissed. I do. I was pissed uh, when it happened, 
Uh, and, and I get why I also think that there were some legitimate basketball reasons uh, to, to not hang around. Sure. Uh, but you can't you can't after being away for a dozen years, pop up and say, y'all should be retiring my number. Why? You, you Why now? Why are you bringing this up to me now? Like, if you yeah, want to say I something mean, nice about us, we will get seasons. around to retiring the number. Don't tell me we should retire your number. And then, may, like, for what reason? Like, why would we do that now? That's that's the thing that I don't think that he comprehends, that he has to rebuild a bridge if he wants some rewards. Um, yeah, well, and I, it, think, I think somewhat he's thinking because he's retired, right? He's like, okay, it's over. I'm done. I'm done playing. Like, now I want, I want my accolades. Um, right. But but to go back to our, our discussion and research about the n- numbers that Nuggets have retired. So same tier, David Thompson, uh, Dikembe Mutombo, Fat Lever, they did not retire those guys' numbers till well after they had correct. Uh, retired from the league. Like it, it took it took some time. They were they retired Thompson's in 92, basically the same year. They're like, well, we're retiring English. So we, we might as well retire Thompson. And then yep. they did, they did Matumbo and fat lever, same kind of deal. They were like, all right, we're going to retire both of these guys numbers. Uh, and that was until like, you know, 2016, 2017. That was, you know, just a few that years was ago, many so. years later. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. And those guys were long, long since retired. So, um, yeah, to, to say that like it needs to be retired now, and and you're right, and 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 you know what, there is probably it's probably 100% because Melo is actually has a shit ass ton of money and can uh, actually you know pay people to produce a podcast for him uh, instead of just me and Gordon talking on Microsoft Teams, but like <laughs> <laughs> he's got a producer who's like, hey, this topic will get uh, a ton of engagement, like especially yep. and especially if they talk to Melo about it and that was his opinion, they're like, hell yeah, let's do this. You know, Absolutely. like it's great for our pot for our mellow podcast is just starting out. So I get I get from that sense why he's talking about it right now. Like it's 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 got it's got us talking about it for the past 10, 15 minutes. So. Right. Um, but again, on that podcast, which I listened to the Denver parts of it. Didn't say one thing about the fact that he was like Denver is a great town. Didn't say one thing about the fact that he's like, I really liked my time there. Didn't say yeah. the man's not bringing up nothing except give me my flowers. And that's not going to happen for as long as Melo doesn't understand that it's a reciprocal relationship. That the love that he got while he was here, he's not going to receive again until he reminds us why we loved him. And that is not happening. So none of this other stuff that he wants is going to happen either. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope at some point they do it. um, I'm sure in 2035 it'll happen. Yeah, and that might be it. I mean, it might be 2045. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, that's when you think of that. That's about how old Fat Lever was when it... I'm when just it saying, my it, guess so. is they're going to retire his number before they retire Jokic's number. Oof, I don't know. So, I don't know. You gotta, you're going to have to get through Jokic's playing career plus a couple years. So... They might retire Jokic's first, because Jokic is going to be in that first tier. I'm very confident Jokic is going to basically retire. Oh, and, Jokic is getting his retire that number retired the year, whenever the year, the they want. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, but Melo's not going to want to be second to anybody. So if he wa- it's going to be another huge delay if they retire his jersey first. So Melo better yeah. start building some fences. I mean, it's not just him. Uh, like uh, Josh Kroenke pointed out yeah, in the like yeah, locker right. room As of the, the victory the champagne shower 
we drafted guys who wanted to be here because when I when I took over, we had a guy who left us. Right. And I'm like, he, yeah, he didn't want to be here. And so Josh still has feelings about it. So right. if Melo wants yeah, stuff fixed, like it's not just a uh, I'll just snap my fingers and make some stuff happen. So if he's going to yeah. feel slighted, they're going to keep slighting him because they, they have no incentive at all to to like rebuild that bridge. That The Nuggets have a new era. They have a championship team. They have guys that the fans love. They're not hurting. This is not a down period where they got to make this happen. No, 100%. All right. Well, just like Carmelo Anthony, I think we're going to move on to the New York Knicks and the Denver Nuggets <laughs> road trip. How do you like that segue? Good segue, yeah. Uh, the Denver Nuggets Eastern Coast, East East Coast, Eastern Coast, whatever, East Coast road trip uh, that they are headed out to. Now that they've wrapped up, they did the quick two game, two home games, uh, two and zero. Oh. Nice, nice pair of wins. Now they head out for I think the longest road trip of the season, I do believe, uh, for the Nuggets as they head to the East Coast. Like I said, it starts off with the Philadelphia 76ers. That one's on TNT. Um, on Tuesday, uh, then they go to Boston, Washington, the Pacers, and then they end it in New York City next week. It's going to uh, be a rough week. So yeah, it's it's a rough. I mean, they're out there. Like I said, Fro, it, they they probably hop on a plane tomorrow, uh, and then that's the fifteenth. They won't be back until the night of the twenty fifth. Uh, so that's good ten days out on the road. Uh, for them and, and not only I mean East Coast road trip long road trip but you got Philadelphia Boston Indiana and New York those are four teams solidly in the uh, Eastern playoff picture you're only getting one one dud and you get one trap game in the middle just to mess with, with yeah one yeah one trap game sandwiched right in the middle of them with with the uh, Washington Wizards who just traded who did they just trade they, they just traded for Marvin Bagley right which is they, they, oh, traded, they just traded, Gallo. They they traded Gallo. Gallo yeah they moved Gallo Everybody wants everybody wants Gallo to be that veteran uh, pickup, but they're they're. I mean, I mean, I'm fine with it. Like, if you want to cut Justin Holiday and sign Danilo Gallinari, I'm, I'm all for it. But I don't. I'd be fine. happy to get Gallo a ring. That would be fine with me. Yeah, exactly. Get him a ring. Get him a ring. Um, but so yeah, this this road trip starts obviously with uh, the marquee matchup uh, at Philadelphia. Obviously, we know Joel Embiid is going to be. Uh, he'll definitely. Well, is he going to play for this one? Well, it's at home. Been, I'm sure he'll, he'll yeah, probably play at hurt, home, yeah. right? Because he's hurt, right? Like, yeah, but he he plays he plays these kind of matchups at home. I think he's on a back to back, so he'll probably sit a different game, play that game, and then he will definitely dodge the Nuggets next week when they show up here. Didn't I hear though? But <laughs> he'll definitely dodge the Nuggets in Denver. Um, yep. Well, and at first, when he started dodging, like, the Nuggets specifically, I assumed that he had sickle cell, because that would be, you don't want to play here if you have that, so. All right, so he's considered no, questionable for Monday's No one has ever Rockets. brought that up, so. <laughs> they're not playing the Rockets on Monday, they're playing the, the Denver Nuggets. Oh, no, they're playing the Nuggets on Tuesday, I see what you're saying, so it is a back-to-back for uh, for Philly. Yep. No, nah, he'll he'll sit the Rockets game and he'll play. That's what I think. I, I assume he'll sit the Rockets game and play the Nuggets. It makes it makes the most sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave him. I'm dying over here. Keep it together. You got like five more minutes to pod. Get with it. I know. We're right at the end. Uh, and I can't keep it together. Uh, so yeah. So Embiid, that's obviously the marquee matchup uh, on this thing with 
How I mean, should we place a huge amount of importance on it? Uh, no, I don't place a lot of importance on it. It's a road game in January. No. Um, but with that said, um, I assume that the Nuggets uh, versus Sixers, the Nuggets versus the Celtics, Nuggets versus the Knicks, like those are those are three very serious competitors. Right. Like those those squads are uh, any one of those players or any one of those teams could be in the in the finals in the East. Um, the Pacers, I would include in that, but I, I still expect um, Halliburton to be out. Yeah, I was gonna say without Halliburton, they're not without Halliburton. It's not, not it's not is. the same thing, right? So right. the Pacers, we're getting lucky to catch the Pacers potentially twice without Halliburton. Right. But, yeah. You know, with those other three squads, man, like uh, I don't know if I don't consider them measuring stick games because I know who the Nuggets are. Um, but there's definitely three very serious competitors and the Pacers who are good and at home. So I'm not I'm not trying to overlook them. Um, but yeah, I assume that those teams are going to use us as a measuring stick. Right. So that's what I'm expecting. I that's why I expect um, Embiid to play. They're going to try to get the Nuggets, they want a real look for the playoffs. They want to know what it feels like to play the Nuggets before they match up with them in the finals. And this is the only shot at home that they're going to get. So, I expect all three of those squads to come bring it. <laughs> well, if I can talk here for oh, without diet. Yeah, I um, you know, I, I don't know about the Knicks so much yet as, as where, where I believe in them just yet i don't know that i truly believe in i'm I'm with becky hammond um i am too by the way i'm with becky on the fact that having a, a guy who's uh, having a short guy as your best player makes it very hard to win titles she's not wrong no yeah she's she's not wrong at all and uh i mean having that the, said uh, i don't believe in the east i like i would i take the knicks over well, over the sixers in the playoffs probably because i don't trust yeah, the sixers knows? at all in the playoffs I mean, Boston obviously looks very good. Uh, Boston looks amazing. So that's the team, I think. And, and that's going to be a great measuring stake for, for the Nuggets. Like that game, uh, when do they get Boston? Uh, they that, get I think Boston. that's the game after Philadelphia, right? Uh, yeah, they play they play after Philly. So it's the, yeah, so Friday. It's the Friday third game. game. No, second game. Second game, yep. So they're gonna, they got two, two back-to-back national TV yep. contests this week. Yep. Uh, at Philly and then at Boston. Um. <clears throat> That that Boston game is gonna be tough. Now, granted, it's gonna be good for them. Uh, they don't the Nuggets don't play uh, a game in between that that Philly and Boston game. Nope, so, they've got they got two uh, days off between Philly and the Celtics. And very, and the travel very, is like they can walk next short, door basically. Right, they might even take the train. Yeah, um, I expect. I don't know. Take I, don't the know train. I don't know if there's a train. There's probably a train that goes up to Boston. Yeah, there's a train that goes from Philadelphia. To Boston. I don't know. I I don't. I'm not an East Coast guy. Uh, but well, uh, you know they can. They get it, they'll they'll be they should be well prepared uh, for that game. So I, well, and I it'll don't be a great measuring stick for them. Particularly match up exceptionally well with Denver. So that's mm. what I want to see. Um, I want to see how the Celtics plan know, to match up with Denver. I, I know because... that they I know they added you know Zinger. Yeah, well um, they also added Drew Holiday. Well, and that, uh, I expect them to harass the crap out of Murray. You're not wrong about right. that. I expect for it to be a very tough game for the guards 
but I don't think I I just don't think that they can stop the AG um uh Jokic combo. Trump so must I'm be hurt right now. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what the Celtics bring um against what the Nuggets have. Um cuz I know that they're they've been trying to get past um you know to get to the back to the finals. They they were in it. Um, and right. they, they lost to the Warriors and I know they want that back. Right. Um, but I, I just, I don't think they want us in the finals. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're not the squad that they're built to beat. Yeah, I could see that. We, I, um, uh, I, I expect, I expect the, them to be this. I still, I think they're going to win it. It's Boston or Milwaukee. Well, I was going to say, I, I mean, I, I expect to see Boston in the finals. Uh, it's uh, Boston or Milwaukee to me is the uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I think Boston's making the finals. I do. Yeah. But I thought that but, last year. And then the Heat were like, right. nah, we don't think so. Right. Yeah. Then the Heat did some some weird stuff. But I, I think it's going to be uh, like I said, I think it's, it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee. So it's it's a great measuring stick uh, for the Nuggets. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. They don't have. I mean, they don't have Grant Williams anymore. They don't have Robert Williams anymore. Like, they don't – those were, like, some of the guys that are a little bit more tougher, a little bit bigger bodies. Um, you know, Grant's a real stout guy. Robert Williams is uh, a very strong player. Like, those were the types of guys that usually are pretty good for throwing, uh, you know, throwing at And, I mean, at Horford's a, good at that, but I don't think Horford – I don't think Horford is a, is a tough matchup for Nikola. No, I mean, yeah, come on. Like, it's – they're – there's just not enough, um, not not enough defensive talent at the at the five uh, to match up with Jokic. I agree right. with you. And you can't you can't put percepts on him, so let's not even pretend. Yeah, which right? Yeah, I mean, you you could try, but one that wouldn't be that's not what you would want to do, right? Because you you want Chris Stapps to fill that role of you want him to be able to roam, and I mean, yep. the, it's still even though even though we continuously see. Um, Jokic beat it, right? But like, here's the thing: is like, if you put Rui Hachimura and uh, on Jokic, and then have Anthony to let Anthony Davis roam, that's not gonna work because Jokic is gonna destroy Rui Hachimura. Like, come on, right. don't be silly. If you put Dwight Howard on Jokic and and let Anthony Davis roam, now it's a different discussion, right? And like, right. and I feel like and, the... and that's what the that's what you wind up with with uh, the the Timberwolves when that's what they try to do. Yeah, well, but the Timberwolves got Carl Anthony Towns, so it's again, Jokic will destroy him. Yeah, so, but like, that's like, still why you have Gobert Rome, right? Like that's the right. that's the whole idea of it is that it right. makes it tougher for you to get easy finishes, tougher for you to get those passes. Um, you right. can always hit him up with two seven footers whenever you want. If one of them gets in foul trouble, it's not a big deal. Like you have more guys, so that's right. that's the way that they're trying to approach it, and. The Celtics, they don't have that. They don't have that guy. I mean, they, I guess, but have... again, it's... Go ahead. Are you going to put Al Horford on, on Jokic and let Zinger roam? And then, um, you know, I mean, that 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 is what I, I assume. assume their strategy would be. I assume. Right. Which... Well, and yeah. What they're going to try to do is take away Murray's ball penetration. They're going to try, like, and they've got the guys to do it. Like, that's the thing that the Celtics can do is clamp down on your guard. Even though this yeah. year um, there have been some guards that, that that hasn't worked with, Jamal Murray is not um, Halliburton. 
Yeah, right. Um, they play the they play the game very differently. Um, and so Jamal is not the fleetest of foot. Jamal is just a killer. Um, but he's not a regular season killer. So we'll see what he wants to do in this game. But I do expect for them to try to take out Murray and to try to make Jokic beat them. That's the game I plan to expend for Boston. Yeah. And and we'll see how that goes. What I'll be interested to see then is how does Jason Tatum handle if if that if that all works out how I would expect it to do, how does Jason Tatum handle trying to defend Michael Porter Jr. Right? Like that's uh-huh. that's where I think the big mismatch comes in. And Jason sure. Tatum or Jalen Brown, which either one, because both the decent size. defenders. Yeah. But yeah, they're just, Michael Porter Jr. is huge, right? And you're not gonna put Chris Apps <laughs> for Zingas on Michael Porter Jr. Because again, you want Chris Porzingis to be the guy who can roam the lane, be your your shot blocker. That means you're putting him on Aaron Gordon because Aaron Gordon, you're not too worried about shooting threes on you. You're yep. if you put Porzingis on Michael Porter Jr., then Porzingis gets to spend his whole time out at the perimeter uh, defending him, which you might do if Michael Porter Jr. is killing you. But I think <laughs> yes, to start at it, least, starting right. that way. Yeah. To start at least, you're not going to go that way. So it it's uh, that one. I, I think. Uh, that game is far more intriguing to me uh, than the Philadelphia game. Like I, I don't know. I could, I, I Jokic and Embiid. Okay, great. Uh, so we get to we get to deal with, uh, you know. Well, I expect if, to be if a Embiid horrible a whistle game, and a really annoying game and right. the worst exactly. fans. Like, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be great. And if, and no if the Sixers Philly. win, and if and if Sixers the Sixers win, then uh, Philly fans will treat it like like they just won the NBA Finals, like they won the so. yeah, like they won the championship. And I'm like, that's great, man. But show back up. I I honestly honestly would like. I kind of hope that this is the year that the Sixers actually pull it off and get to the finals. Yeah. Just oh, like Boston, I expect yeah. to get it, but the Sixers, man. Just to put some stuff to bed for once and for all. Right. That would be that would be amazing for sure. All right. Well, we will go ahead. We will wrap it up uh, with that thought. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs, at Denver Stiffs, and at Mile High Sports. Um, this is really this, this is really all we need you to do uh, for right now. So, uh, Gordon. We're not asking a lot. Uh, yeah. We're not. Yeah, really. We are not asking a lot uh at all uh well like and subscribe to the podcast too if you could do that there you go that would be great all right gordon as always i appreciate it sir nope good to talk to you and hopefully this is a winning week even on the road and we get to have a fun conversation next week if you show up if (laughs) Uh, always the caveat all right everybody (laughs) we will talk to you next week